Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. Hey everybody, welcome back. Episode 21 of Therapy for Humans. It's been a minute. I took a little hiatus this summer. Finally, summer's here. It's been the longest, coldest spring we've had since I moved here to Durango. But man, we're in it now. It's beautiful out there. Rivers region. So I'm going to jump in with a couple of emails. Uh, One of the reasons that I kind of took a break is that I just didn't really have any content. So don't hold back. If you guys have stuff you want to talk about, get in touch. Okay, so this email says, Hey, Rowan, I've really enjoyed uh, your podcast and missed having new episodes recently with your switch to bi-weekly. So sorry, now it's even less than bi-weekly. Um, so they go on to say, Now into my question and dilemma, I am in a very happy, healthy, committed relationship with my boyfriend and want to be there for him as much as I can. Pretty standard. Then a couple of weeks ago, my boyfriend got diagnosed with a horrible, life-altering, disabling, non-curable disease. We're both devastated, and I'm struggling to know how to support him. He's stressed and angry and broken, and I understand, but I don't know what to do or say to show him that I'm here for him. On a selfish note, it's also life-altering for me. I've chosen to spend my life with my partner, and now we won't be able to do a lot of the things we dreamed of doing. It's devastating for him, but for me too, and I don't feel like I am able to express my own anger and frustration at the situation. Shake my fists at the gods, if you will, because I'm not the one who's sick. But it still is turning my life upside down too, and I'm scared. I'm scared to see my boyfriend wither away and to see this disease take over our lives. On top of everything, we just moved to a new state, so neither of us have our normal support network of friends and family. Both of us are trying to be strong and positive, but I feel like that facade is about to crack, and I don't know how to handle this situation. Any tips or advice would greatly be appreciated, and thanks always, as always for shining a little sanity into your podcast. Well, thanks for your email. First of all, I'm very sorry that you're both going through this. And to be clear, you are both going through this. I have no idea how long the two of you have been together or what kind of illness we're talking about. I don't know if it's terminal or if it's a matter of a long-term disability. All those things are important to my response. So if I'm wildly off base here, I do apologize. And feel free to shoot me another email and I'll give another shot. Um, So let's take this in two parts. The first part is how to support him. You say, he's stressed and angry and broken, and I understand, but I don't know what to do or say to show him that I'm here for him. So I would start with naming those things and asking him what he needs, understanding that what he needs may shift depending on where he's at. And in any caregiving situation, it's important to walk the line between what they need and what you are able to provide. You get a say in this. You can't give so much that you use yourself up that will lead to burnout and self-destruction. And then obviously you won't be any good to him or anyone else. And while you're walking that line, there's another one to watch. And that's how you're being treated. Your boyfriend's illness does not give him permission to be a dick. You can and should give some grace around his mood swings, but ongoing verbal and emotional abuse is not okay. It's also, it's also not okay for him to deny you your own reaction And this is kind of what this next part is about this. You absolutely have a right to your own reaction and experience. You say on a selfish note, when you start talking about not being able to express your own frustration and anger. So first of all, that is not selfish. There is absolutely no way that you would not be devastated by this. And you get to have that, of course. 
My question is why you don't you feel like you get to have that? And I'm guessing that your boyfriend finds that upsetting or disturbing in some way. And maybe he's saying that that's not what he needs or wants. That needs to change. I would urge you both strongly to get your asses into a good therapist's office together for couples work for sure. And ideally individually for each of you as well, if you're able, this is a big fucking deal and you need to build a support network of folks that can help you through it. But the bottom line here is that you need to be able to own this experience for yourself as well. And that's not selfish or insensitive or inappropriate. It's inevitable and healthy. The image that the two of you had of your life together has shifted radically. And if you two are going to weather this together, you need to mourn that. And you need to build a different set of dreams that work with your boyfriend's prognosis. And you can do this as a team. You need to do this as a team. It sounds like right now it's not feeling that way on your end. The only way to get there to that place where you are taking this on together is for your boyfriend to allow you to own all of those feelings that you're having. And he needs to know that this doesn't diminish his experience. It doesn't mean that he doesn't get to be pissed and sad right along with you, but he does need to understand that this isn't just his illness. This isn't happening just to him. It's impacting all of those people who love him as well. And he should be grateful for that because it means that you are in it with him, that he is not alone with this. But he will be if he doesn't allow you the same emotional reactions that you are allowing him. None of this is easy, it's complicated, and it's messy, and it sucks beyond belief. You mentioned that you just moved, so you don't have much of a support network. Get that in place. Go find people who like to do the things that you like to do, even if your boyfriend can't do those things. You need community. Not people who will pity you, not people who will take you on as their special project, not people who will bail on you if they get tired of your problem, but real kind friends who are going to show up on your doorstep with a jar of weed and a bag of chocolate and just sit in this shit with you. The last thing that you say is that you're both trying to be strong and positive, but you feel like that facade is about to crack. So let it crack. More than that, blow it the fuck up. There's no room for a facade here. Let it be messy, let it be terrifying, let it be unfair and devastating and show each other how much it's ripping you to pieces. And then, when that's done, find the strength that you both have and know that this is for yourselves and each other and you can take turns with it, pass it back and forth as needed. But this only works if you get to be weak as well as strong. So, I wish you the best of luck. Please get in touch if I can help with some referrals to therapists who can help you navigate this. Okay, we have another email. They say, uh, what are your thoughts on moving through judgments of others, especially when you're stuck in rigid thinking on their behaviors and personality and don't have real motivation to like them other than that you are supposed to because they're a parent or a sibling or a friend or hold another significant role in your life? Maybe that person has a personality disorder that prevents you from feeling compassionate toward them, and there isn't much you feel grateful for as far as maintaining the relationship. Let's say that you are also a young person under the age of 15 that has to maintain contact with this person because of the court orders. Well, holy shit. <laughs> There's a lot in that email. Uh, so I'm going to take a more or less general approach here because to be honest, I'm confused as fuck about exactly what's being asked. But that having been said, there's enough in there that most of us bump up against at some point that I think will be helpful to just kind of jump in there in the middle or or even at the beginning. So let's start with judgment. We all judge everyone all the time. 
I hear people say, oh, I don't judge anyone. I take everyone at face value. I don't see skin color. Race doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. These are all constructs. One love, blah, 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 blah. Bullshit. First of all, indulge me in a small tangent. Gender and race do matter. If you say that they don't, it's because they've never negatively impacted you, and that's your privilege that's blinding you, and you really need to square that shit away. If you stand in front of me and say something stupid like, I don't see skin color, I might slap you. I'll also feel badly for you because personally, I think different colors of skin are gorgeous and I wish we had more diversity here in Durango. Anyway, whatever. That's neither here nor there. So back to judgment. As soon as someone walks into a room, we check them out. We look at their clothes. We look at the way they move their body, their style, the way they style their hair, their clothes, their tattoos, their gender expression. And yes, dare I even mention their skin color. How we put all these pieces of information together and what that spits out for us in terms of how we want to interact with that person is our own set of preconceptions, past experiences, enculturation, socialization, in short, our fucking judgments. To some extent, we're powerless over this process, the awareness we have of it and what we choose to do with it, we absolutely have control over, and it should be a constant process to monitor and evaluate that process. But let's just agree that we all do judge in one way or another. In my mind, the single most important thing to do with our own judgment is to make 100% sure that we understand that they are our judgments. They belong exactly 0% to the person that we are judging. This is an internal process. Unfortunately, most judgments contain an outward expression, and that's where the trouble lies. It's worth noting here that our own judgments of those that we do not know extremely well are almost always way off the mark. Anyway, none of that is what this poor and hopefully endlessly patient emailer is asking about. They want to know what to do with stubborn judgments about those we know well. So maybe we should call this something other than judging. Maybe we should call this knowing that someone is not good for us and having the sense to protect ourselves when we're around them. Judgment sounds negative, but this sounds more like the need for boundaries, which is a positive thing. You say they're a minor, so they don't have the ability to just walk away from this difficult relationship. They're stuck, as it were, with this other person. So the next best thing is they can do is find people, and especially adults, who see them, who care for them, who buoy them, encourage them, love them in appropriate and profound ways. People who will remind them that this is a temporary situation, and that they will, sooner than they could ever possibly know at 15 years old, be able to make more of their own choices around this relationship. Let them know that there will be bad days and worse days and hopefully a few not-so-terrible days and that they need to keep a hold of their sense of self to not let this toxic person dilute their essence. Which brings us to boundaries. Even as a minor, you can set good boundaries. They may need to be largely internal since it doesn't sound like they can get away from this person physically, but they can create some internal firewalls, a place to retreat to where they know they're safe, where they know they have worth, most importantly, there are some resources for them inside that place. Remember those trusted adults I talked about a minute ago? Their voices are in that place. Their encouragement, their words of affirmation, that they really are okay, that they are in a hard place with a hard person, but that there is an end to it. That safe place inside them can make all the difference when they find themselves in the middle of one of those very bad days. And from your email, it sounds like you might be one of those trusted adults for them. So keep doing that. So I don't know if that answers your email, honestly, at all. <laughs> so if it doesn't, once again, get back in touch and I'll see what else I can do with it. I mean, so I just reread it and I, you know, I feel like 
you start out talking about how do we move through the judgments we have with others, but I'm wondering if maybe what's more important here is to just allow that judgment to be there and wait it out until you can get the fuck away from this person. It sounds like they're in a court order situation where they have to be in contact with this person that is maybe bad for them. So allowing them to hold this perhaps very accurate notion of this other person as not being good for them. And how do you hold that and how do you move through with that in a way that allows you to own what you know of this person while also protecting yourself internally from them and taking advantage of the people around you that have your back. Okay, that's my last ditch effort on that. Good luck. Okay, so that's all we have for today. If you'd like to have something included on the podcast, please get in touch with me at rowan at therapyforhumanspodcast.com. You can also leave a voicemail for the podcast at one 844 387 2646. That's 1 844 Durango. If you'd like to see me live and in person for therapy, please feel free to get in touch with me through DurangoPsychotherapy.com or give me a call or shoot me a text to 903 3893. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.